Today's episode is sponsored by Liquid IV. I work out every week, so it's important to stay hydrated. Plus, on top of working out, I've got a three-year-old whose favorite after-meal activity is to run laps, like the little psychopath that she is. Clearly, I need all the hydration I can get. That's why I like to use Liquid IV for my workouts and just for my daily drinking. Liquid IV hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. With three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick, it's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. And I mean, yeah, vitamins and electrolytes are nice and all, but what about taste? They've got white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and my favorite, lemon lime. Tastes great to me. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use code R slash at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code R slash at liquidiv.com. Today's episode is sponsored by Adam and Eve. You know, I read so many stories about cheating partners and unhappy marriages. Maybe people wouldn't be in such unhappy relationships if they spent more time nurturing their love life. That's why you should check out today's sponsor, Adam and Eve. They've got toys for men, toys for women, and toys for... How should I put this? Well, it's not exactly r slash am I the butthole. More like r slash I'm in the butthole. And yeah, I realize that ordering adult toys can be a little scary because you may be concerned about privacy. Don't worry, Adam and Eve offers discreet and free shipping for your package. Trust me, these people are experts in your package. You can get 50% off on just about any item, along with free shipping and rush processing. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy or anything you desire. Then enter code r slash at checkout. That's r slash, R-S-L-A-S-H at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code r slash to get your discount, plus 100% free shipping and get it fast with rush processing. Use code r slash. Welcome to r slash Entitled Parents, where an abuser learns, don't mess with Texas. Our next Reddit post is from Vicky Val. This happened many years ago, but it was monumental enough to stay with me forever. Me, my mom, and my dad live in Germany, but at the time of this story, I was with my mom visiting my grandparents, my mom's parents, in Texas. My father did not accompany us. After the last visit with my granddad, he'd learned to steer clear. So by this point, I was 15 and starting to suffer emotional problems due to the abuse that my dad was heaping on me. I was withdrawn, my hair was starting to fall out, and I had constant panic attacks. My sweet grandparents could see that I wasn't well. I'd been abused pretty much my whole life, and secrecy and denial were embedded in my psyche. When they asked me if my dad had done this or that, my knee-jerk response was to deny, deny, deny. After three weeks, my 16th birthday came around. My mom had agreed to extend our stay long enough for me to be in the States to celebrate. Now, my grandfather had this habit, ever since I was a young girl, of hitting down to the local cafe every morning to have coffee with a group of men from the community. I never thought anything of it, nor did anyone else. That was his coffee time. End of story. One day, not long before we were due to fly back overseas, my granddad asked me to go have coffee with him. I politely declined. Who wants to go watch a bunch of old men drink coffee at 7am? He gave me a strange look and told me that I was going with him the next day. He would make sure that I got up on time. Ugh, okay, sure, granddad. I get to the cafe, and it was exactly what I'd pictured. 
About seven old men, some in suits and some in coveralls. Granddad grabbed my elbow and guided me to a table with a well-dressed, imposing-looking man. As soon as we sat down, he looked at me with the kindest eyes that I had ever seen from a stranger. We spent about 20 minutes talking, mostly about my life in Germany. I went home and thought nothing more about it. My birthday was four days later, then it was time for me to start getting ready to go back to Germany. My grandfather took me out the next day to get a new pair of shoes, but I was shocked when he pulled me up to the courthouse. He turned to me and asked, point blank, if I really wanted to go back to Germany. I said that I didn't, but really didn't have a choice. He replied, what if it was your choice? I said again that I didn't have a choice. I was terribly frightened of my father's wrath. With that, he opened my car door and guided me into the courthouse. We ended up in an office and a judge walked in, the same man that I spoke to in the cafe. I was stunned, but he and my granddad had been friends for years. He said, So, young lady, I understand from your grandfather that you wish to be emancipated. Now, I didn't have the first clue what that word meant, but I knew that if my granddad said that I did, I should agree. I nodded, and the two of them started talking a mile a minute. They'd look at me now and then, and all I did was nod. I knew something big was happening, though I didn't understand what. When we left, Granddad told me not to say a word to anyone, especially not my mom or brother. That night, my Granddad asked my mom what she thought of me staying in Texas and starting school there. She, of course, balked at the idea. That night, my mom called my dad and he got on the phone with me and told me I'd better not try anything cute. That I had better be on that plane or he'd have me put into a mental hospital. I told my granddad what my father said, and my granddad just smiled and told me to get some sleep. Next morning, I was up at the crack of dawn, and my granddad told me to get in the car. I remember being so excited and frightened because I knew something was up. In 20 minutes, I was in front of the judge, nodding and saying, yes sir, to everything he said. We walked out, and my granddad told me that I was going to be very brave, and trust him to tell me what to do. He took me to a little furnished apartment and told me to stay there. Granddad went home and told my mom that I wasn't going anywhere near her or dad again and handed her paperwork. She freaked out and called my dad, who called my granddad and in his most entitled manner told my granddad that he didn't know who he was messing around with and that if I thought that he was going to let me just walk away from him, he'd make sure I was locked away until she's 30 and I can make it happen. Granddad told him that if he ever came back to this town, there'd be a group of men with shotguns waiting for him. My mom and brother left the next week. I never said goodbye because my granddad said there was no need to let them back in your head. I was an emancipated minor at the age of 16. At the age of 17, I joined the Air Force. I don't think that I would have lived through two more years with my father. I miss my granddad so much, but I hope that he died proud of what he'd done for me and who I became. Our next Reddit post is from King Boscaline. Yesterday, my dog and I were road tripping back from spending Thanksgiving with family. A few hours in, we stopped to stretch our legs and get some water. We pulled into a rest stop with plenty of parking that wasn't very busy. After I let my dog stretch, he was sitting in the back with the windows open while I pulled up directions in the driver's seat. For context, I drive an SUV with a three-seater bench in the back. My dog was sitting directly in the middle and didn't have his head out of the window. All of a sudden, I see a toddler being lifted into and through the open back window of my car by their parent to pet my dog. This child's body was 50% inside my vehicle's open window. 
This wasn't just a hand being stuck inside my vehicle to get him to come sniff it. The entitled parent is laughing, and the other entitled parent is holding a second baby, apparently waiting for their turn as well. They didn't ask or say anything, they just laughed and stuck their toddler into my open window. I was so shocked that I audibly gasped and just turned around and gave them a confused and annoyed look. It took at least five solid seconds for them to acknowledge my reaction and pull their kid out through the window, never apologized, and just walked away while still laughing. I have a recognizable, friendly, large breed dog that kids typically want to pet. Luckily, he's already accustomed to having to interact with parents and young kids. The scenario was just so unsafe to me though. These parents have no idea if my huge dog is friendly, and they put their kids in an extremely unsafe situation, let alone the rudeness of just entering someone else's vehicle. In what remote world was this okay to do? I wish I wasn't so shocked and said something. Down in the comments, we have this story from OKP2. My dog was abused and abandoned before we adopted her. She was a mess. Children scared her, among several other things. Over two years, I worked with her, building confidence and training before I started taking her on walks to parks. We'd quietly walk past other parkgoers, and she'd be fine. One day, I'm standing next to my dog in the parking lot, fumbling in my bag for the keys, and we get swarmed by five small kids. No one asks if they can pet her. No one even acknowledged me. I look around for an adult, and I can't find one. My poor girl was so scared that she was shaking violently with her head lowered all the way to the ground, and the children wouldn't listen when I told them to stop. I'm so grateful that she didn't bite or growl because, well, for one, they're like four years old, and she'd take all the blame. My dog is panicking, I'm panicking, and all of a sudden, a girl's name is called from all the way across the parking lot. There's four adults just standing by an SUV, smiling. I wish I'd given them a piece of my mind, but in that moment, I just wanted my dog to feel safe again. I don't care if you mean no harm or if you love dogs or just want to say hi. You're not entitled to my dog. And for F's sake, don't let a child approach a dog that they don't know. It could end badly. My sister got the end of her nose bit off by a dog when she was 12, even though she was warned, and it was her own fault. My dog turned out to be the sweetest angel, and my sister was luckily fine, but damn, new noses ain't cheap. So my daughter is like two and a half, and obviously she wants to pet every dog that she sees. And whenever she sees a dog, we say, we have to ask, let's ask. And now a two and a half year old has a big enough brain to comprehend that she needs to ask every single time. So she asks me, Dada, I want to pet the dog, let's go ask. So if a two and a half year old can figure it out, what's wrong with these stupid entitled parents? Our next Reddit post is from Extreme Paranoia. So I'm a high school student who rides the school bus every morning. Last year, we had a bus driver that we all loved, but she got moved, and our new driver is something alright. The Monday after Halloween, I decided to put up my Christmas inflatables. They're mine, so I'm responsible for putting them up and taking them down. No big deal. But before I could do this, my bus driver stops me asking me if I can put up my decorations, saying that she heard about them from another driver. My father had some yard work that he still wanted to do, so I told her, not yet, I'd do it soon. She seemed mad, and she told her kid, This mean girl won't put up her decorations. I'm a trans male who goes by he, him, and she knows this. Then she turned to me and said, Look how sad my kids are, and I just ignored her. After I put them up on that Monday, I got on the bus in the morning. 
My driver said, thank you for putting up the decorations for my kids. They love it. I looked at her and told her that I didn't do it for her kids. She got angry again. The next day, she asked me, can you please take down the gnome? My kids don't like it. Maybe replace it with a penguin. They like penguins. I told her in a respectful tone that I was not taking it down and that I didn't have a penguin. She told me to go buy one. I said, unless I'm gifted one, I'm not buying any more inflatables this year. And she got so mad at me. She told me that I'm so rude and that her kids didn't like my gnomes, so I should accommodate them. I'm not bending over backwards for her stupid kids who laugh at me and scream and cry all through the bus rides when they don't get what they want. Our next Reddit post is from Just a Fancy Animal. So there's this lady that comes in all the time where I work. She has four kids, three of which can walk. She always comes up and orders her coffee, but then if her kids throw a fit, she orders something for them too. They each get a pastry and they each get a drink. It's always very complicated to make because the kids all want something entirely different. Anyway, her kids are usually fine. I've noticed, however, that she never really watches them. She gets her coffee, sits down on our couch, and gets on her phone. She makes them come up and grab their own orders. It's also dumb because since they're so little, I have to stand and reach over the counter to hand their drinks over and make sure they don't drop it or spill it. The other day, she came in about an hour before we close. That's right around the time when I start cleaning up because it takes me that long to close the shop. She orders her coffee, and luckily her kids didn't feel like getting anything, so I made her coffee, and that was it. I'm washing dishes, and all of a sudden, I hear a shatter from across the restaurant. Her little boy had broken some salt and pepper shakers that were sitting on the table because he was horsing around. Now, there's a big pile of salt and pepper on the floor and glass. So, I rushed over to sweep it up because I didn't want anybody getting hurt. But then, her littlest girl started getting upset over whatever and started ripping posters off of our bulletin board in a fit. We have a big bulletin board so that we can hang community announcements on it, and that was my last straw. I came over, gently held the girl's hands, and told her to stop. The entitled mother came over and told me to take my hands off her kid, and I politely and calmly explained why I was holding her hands, and that her kid can't just rip our posters down. Thumbtacks were falling off, and again, I didn't want anybody getting hurt. This pissed her off. She told me to just leave her alone and she'd calm down soon. I again told her that her daughter can't just rip posters off of our bulletin board. She then screamed at me, something about how I'm not a parent and I'd never understand, and something about how my generation is weak and stupid. So then, she just got her kids and left. Our next Reddit post is from Rion24. I was on a four-hour flight within the U.S. in an aisle seat in the main cabin extra on 3-3 seating. Another 30-something-year-old guy had the window seat, and a kid who looked to be maybe about 10 was in the middle seat. I was settled in and reading my magazine when I sensed someone standing over me. It was an entitled mom. Can you switch seats with me? I said, hmm, potentially. Where's your seat? Just a few rows back. Which seat specifically? Uh, 27E. I said, no, that's a middle seat in the back of the plane. But I want to sit next to my son. That's not a me problem. That's a you problem. I need to sit next to my son. Did you ask the people in 27D and 27F if they'd switch seats with your son? No. Well, you'll almost certainly have more luck offering up a better seat than asking someone in main cabin extra who paid extra money for their seat to go to the back of the plane. 
My son needs to sit next to me. Meanwhile, her kid had been quietly fiddling with his iPhone the entire time, so he's clearly old enough to sit unaccompanied. He looks alright to me. Are you gonna move or not? Not. Come on! I said, I'm not going back, lady. At this point, the guy in the window seat starts chuckling under his breath, and the entitled mother becomes even more incensed. You're a butthole! At this point, a flight attendant approaches and says, Is there a problem? This guy won't get out of my seat! I just hand the flight attendant my boarding pass. Ma'am, this is this man's seat. You have to go to your seat. But, or, you can get off the plane. The entitled mother shot daggers at the flight attendant and me and then slunk to the back of the plane, muttering expletives. The guy in the window seat gave me an approving nod. The kid was polite to the flight attendants and stayed put the entire flight. I couldn't believe the gall of this woman. She probably booked at the last minute and planned this by putting her son in the seat up front. This was definitely one of my most memorable flights. That was r slash entitled parents. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.